Kia ora, Henneke. Thanks for joining me today. Kia ora. It's a pleasure. Um, I'll start by asking, how, how are you finding lockdown so far? Oh, yeah, I've, I've had enough of it now. Eh? Um, mm. I mean, it's an, it's an odd thing. It's an odd mindset because on one hand, it's kind of nice to have a break from the world and to kind of retreat into your thoughts. And I'm quite introverted anyway, so I, I don't get out that much. But um yeah, it's it's I, I quite like the pace of it, but then at the same time, it's frustrating because I've got so many things planned that are now being affected by it. And yeah, it's just so much uncertainty, not having knowing how to plan for the future. And yeah, it's it's such an odd, it's sort of like a purgatory, isn't it? Because you, you can't really go out and really work really hard into the thing that you want to do because you're limited by these things and you also can't really relax and enjoy the time either so yeah it's this kind of this, this sort of this little bit of background anxiety the whole time it's not great it's not terrible like I can't really complain I'm sure people have it a lot worse than I do yeah that's the thing so, and you feel like you yeah. can't complain like with yeah. this purgatory that's a good way of putting it I was just thinking for me it's it's very peaceful, but then you get to that point where whether you're an introvert or not, it's it's an odd kind of limbo and it's basically mm. enforced downtime. It's like downtime's great, me time's great, but if if that's if it's not by choice, yeah, then that's right. Downtime can become yeah. um cabin fever time. <laughs> yeah, not, that's right. Yeah, it does feel like cabin fever, yeah. And I, I saw that you did a, a a Facebook live session a few weeks ago um, towards the start of lockdown and because mm. I was having internet problems this morning I didn't get to watch it properly apart from the, the beginning bit which looked like a lovely setting. Um, it's such a cool thing to do when you can't get out and do shows properly and I think fans and people just really appreciate it. How do you find that? Have you done quite a few online sessions before in general? Yeah uh, well dating back to, to last year I, I did one it was actually just at the very start of the very first lockdown. We were, we, we hadn't even gone into level four. It was, I think it was the two days before or the day before, like we were given the time that it was, we had 48 hours or whatever. And um, uh, it was, it was actually meant to be a release for uh, Vox Venus, which is a band that also played my last, um, my last gig. I love their music. They do this, sort of really cool space synth duo thing and um it was it's meant to be the release for their ep and it was the the venue was i think we were meant to do it 
I think it was meant to be a Cupid bar. That's right. I remember now, Cupid bar. And then we found out, oh, no, it, it's been cancelled. And I thought, okay, well, how about you come around to my house and we'll do a live stream of it. And that was that was my first attempt at ever doing a live stream. It was just over Facebook. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's better than nothing. <laughs> it's not ideal. It's very strange from an artist, from a performance point of view, because you don't get that audience reaction straight away after you finish a song there's silence <laughs> it's like Ooh, okay you have to look at your phone and look at the um comments and stuff yeah. and see if anyone's still watching it's 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 a it's a weird disconnect but yeah it's better than nothing it's still a way of putting your stuff out there and engaging with your audience it's also good from the point of view of of keeping your chops up because you can i mean you, it's heaps of time to practice and practice is practice, but it's nothing like actually playing the stuff in front of people. That's you can only get that experience from actually doing that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's wonderful that we can do that, that we have the technology to, to be able to do it. Cause imagine if we didn't, it, it, it's just a little thing to, to sort of keep yourself sane um, a little bit over this time. Yeah. But I think it's the future as well, because um, as, you know, as, as, as it becomes, the, the technology improves, there's less of a lag and uh, the quality of it improves, then I think a lot of artists are going to start taking advantage of it um, as a way to just tour the world, because it's not terribly economical to take a band on tour these days especially if you live in an isolated country like New Zealand you know the flight cost even just getting over to Australia is big like if you if you're based in Europe or the United States mm -hmm. then it's way easier you've got stuff right you know a couple of mm -hmm. hours of drive away you've got a massive population and it's worth doing but um yeah for, for something like a New Zealand band you know you you've you've really got to be sure you're going to have an audience over there when you go there you're going to be get something back because the cost up front is huge mm -hmm. yeah that's a good point look so maybe it is the way of the future and um yeah you'll have to deal with the virtual applause emojis and apart from say i think in that last facebook you had one person in the room i could hear the voice and i saw them put up their drink Bottles, yeah, that was my partner, so, Duncan. Um, yeah, he's okay. in my bubble. So, right. so <laughs> apart from that person. little one person floating on the couch and being your human contact, it's yeah, yeah. I forget that it must be so weird for the for the band or the or the artist just in their living room performing, and then there's that, like you said, no applause apart from quick read the comments. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, get that instant feedback and instant gratification mm -hmm. of the audience vibe. But yeah. You'd soon probably switch to getting used to like, oh, look at all of these, look, oh, there's 10 people watching, oh, now there's 20. And then the people who hang around for the whole thing and send lots of thank yous. I Because I always yeah. love watching the comments and joining in and you can see the comments streaming in, even on small sessions, if it's just someone playing to their 10 friends, everyone's always so grateful just yeah. for like, oh, it's like, if you're like, you're at a gig, try and pretend you're at yeah. a gig. And like, and for, for the artists, it's probably that's quite valuable because then you've got these recordings that you've got a little... Um, little collection of recordings of your past online gigs so it's kind of good for your records to um if you want to improve yeah, well, back on what you've been what you've been doing definitely and it, you know it stays up there it's more content to share um it's good to watch back and <laughs> see like oh god I was waffling on too long between those songs I need to 
need to join these up a bit bit more efficiently and yeah it's <laughs> i always cringe when i have to watch back any of your gigs but i still make myself do it because it is a good um good learning experience yeah And to talk a bit about the album, Strange Creatures, and you were very lucky to get your single release show in at Wine Cellar. I think it was about a week yeah. just before this current, current That's right. yep. started. You formed the whole album actually the whole way through. But those of us who were lucky enough to be there got to hear that live as well, which is which is like an added bonus. And there was amazing costumes and there's visuals and your songs in different genres. Can you tell me a bit about how this album came together? Wow, it's been a real long journey. I mean, it pretty much started four years ago now. I had just uh, released my first debut EP, um, and that was, uh, genre-wise, that was more sort of folk and alternative rock-inspired. It was yeah, it was all, it was to be performed with a band, live with a band. And I, ha I did a few gigs with a band, but I was really struggling keeping a lineup uh, together I was losing momentum with it and I kind of wanted to try something different where I could be more independent. Like I didn't have to rely on a band for a performance, but I didn't also want to just perform solo with the guitar because as long, I mean, I could do that, but it, it I wanted, my music had more layers and more sort of atmosphere, which I couldn't create on my own uh, with just the guitar and my voice. So I got inspired um, watching Kiwi artists like uh, Kimbra or Esther, who had all this technology that they were using to perform solo and, and trigger all these sounds and all these instruments all on their own that sounded like a full song, but it was still mm. performed, yeah. And I, I really wanted to explore that um, as something so I could be more independent. And also it seemed really creative and fun. I love gadgets and, and I just, I wanted to try. And then, I kind of had this idea. I've always loved New Zealand birds. And even as a child, I remember being just mesmerized by the sound of a tui and all, all these incredible sounds from these birds. And I just always thought it would be so cool to make music with them. But I just never really thought of a way how. I, I couldn't see how it would be possible. And it wasn't until I saw this technology and how, how far music production has come. And, and I just thought, well, this this will be the way in. This will be the way to to really use these organic sounds. And, and, and then you can splice them up like electronic music. And then you've got all these devices where you on stage, you can perform it. And it still sounds like the full thing. Um, and that was always my vision. But... I had no idea. I just didn't have the skills. I had to go um, back to school and learn how to do this. I went to Mainz, uh, the Music and Audio Institute um, in Auckland, back when they still had the Audio Institute. Now it's pretty much just a music thing. It got shut down literally the year after I left, which is terribly sad because it's just such an amazing place. Um, and I had so much... Uh, help and, and mentorship from so many people there uh, so I just I just went there and I took my project there and I was like hey can you can you help me realize this and and um, yeah I learned so much about music production how to record how to mix um, how to manipulate audio synthesizers and all this stuff 
Um, and yeah, it was about a year's worth of study. Yeah, so that was that took up some time. Um, and then I started going around predator free sanctuaries. Um, uh, the main one I went to was Tiritiri Matangi, which is in the Haraki Gulf. And I spent about three days there. I stayed, I slept at the dock hutch um, on the island. You can, it's just like bunk beds and like there's a little kitchenette thing. Um, and yeah, I, I they, they let me borrow a recorder and a, like a boom mic from Maine's. Uh, this is equipment I couldn't otherwise afford or be able to get. And I spent the time there just walking around and recording all these native birds in a completely natural context. No cars, no noise from other things. It was mm -hmm. just isolated. Uh, it was all the ambience. And, and the, the most amazing part was the dawn chorus. I got up at 4.30 in the morning and... Oh, you know, it's, it's, it can't, I can't even describe it. You have to hear it. You have to be there. It's truly magical. It's just the whole island comes alive in song. It's all around you. And you can hear these repeating melodies and repeating patterns and rhythms. And there was already a song there. Yeah. I just, all, all I had to do was just add some lyrics and just you know, we had some structure and that was it. I, I could already hear it. It was incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's that's quite a story. Like I didn't didn't realize it was a four years ago that for the yeah. actual start, realizing the project and then studying towards it. I knew about the Tilly Tilly Matangi and you going there too. And oh, we're so lucky to have that place in general, mm. and also a great place if you wanted to collect bird song for this kind of project. I've been there, but I haven't done the overnight stay to get the dawn chorus. And I really want to when once we're able to do that kind of thing again. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's only like twenty five dollars a night or something ridiculously mm. cheap. I mean, it's. It's. I think a lot of people don't even realize it's there, or they they just yeah. take it for granted. I think they went on a school trip when they were kids or something. Mm. But it's. People need to go there because yeah, it's struggling yeah. at the moment, um, especially with COVID and the lack of international visitors. Um, Fuller's, the ferry service, have pulled the weekday trips. So they've mm. made it really hard for people to, to go there even now mm. and, and for them to make enough money to keep the place going. So it's it's tragic, really. I love how you take all the bird song because I'm, I'm a big fan of um, all the different bird sounds we get in New Zealand. Um, and you you have, like, what the bass is like. Remind me, the bass is a, is it a kakapo? That's the kakapo, and, yeah. And then all yeah, the so, have their different roles? Yeah, I mean, it varies from song to song. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I try to listen to the birds as, as instruments and, and, and see where they would fit in. Um, and for some of this, I mean, I tried to use the birds as much as possible. It, it wasn't always possible for a whole album's worth of stuff. I had to add in other stuff to keep it interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, so like the Tui, the Tui is a beatboxer, the ultimate beatboxer, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. They they have such a huge variety of, of sounds um, and it, they're very rhythmic. Yeah, and, you, and I love how you, they mix the, sort of the 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 kind of so it's, it's it just sounds like a, a snare drum to me and, yeah, and yeah. there's there's a beat in it there's always a beat in it and then there's the then there's the um korkako which is the gray wattle bird um and they have these beautiful woo, kind of long mournful tones and they 
stacked up really nicely into chords. Yeah, so I tuned them to the to the right notes and then I would play them back on a keyboard so I would get um yeah, like the the harmonic elements and the Korimako, which is the bell bird, they also had really kind of little these these whistle-like melodies. They were they were just like hooks. Yeah, they really fitted in in that part. Um, yeah, I just tried to see them as instruments. All the different mm -hmm. birds had different qualities, and but even every call was separate. You know, I, I listened to it and I tried to write the song around it as opposed mm -hmm. to. Uh, chopping it all up into tiny little pieces and then just making music out of it as I normally would. So it was a completely different approach in terms of writing, which is really exciting and really fun for me and really challenging as well. It really pushed my ability as a writer and I went in places where I would never normally go, especially in terms of genre. And that's how it ended up. Every song is basically a different genre on the entire album. And... <laughs> I think it, I, I hope that just the bird sounds and the, the concept is the thing that ties it all together. But yeah, I, I hope listen, listeners enjoy it from that point of view. I suppose it's going to polarize some people that like one song and hate another, but sure. what are you going to do? <laughs> no, no, I, I definitely think of it as the bird, the bird song is definitely an overriding um, strong theme because it is throughout the album. And I was given to answer the question about the different genres because I was wondering each song in a different genre is quite challenging wondering if that was your aim from the beginning but as you no, said that kind of that's come out of you wanting happened. to write around it yeah just it just happened and and I just yeah I, I, le I let it go where, where it wanted to go which is something yeah. I'd, I've never really let myself do before as a writer I've always thought okay well I've got to think of the thing as a whole and and you know mm. it has to it has to be um you know, within within a box where you can then sell it to people and say, hey, this is what this is. That's what makes it really tough promoting something like this because people don't really know what to do with it, where it fits. <laughs> you know, we're so used to putting labels on things and categorizing things. And uh, But I think it's cool to do something different that doesn't fit in. And I just thought, mm. hey, I'll just take a risk and I'll just, I'll just, put out something that see see what happens and yeah hope for the best <laughs> right yeah it's interesting you say that. I mean I'm no marketing expert but for me I would see it as something that people who really like having a connection to nature and love bird mm -hmm. song in the outdoors or even just like that kind of mix and don't mind something a bit different with different genres I'd be I'd be leaning well towards the bird lovers nature lovers mm. <laughs> connection type thing but um yeah I guess Normally, you'd probably just stick to your one genre, like you're saying. I think when I first saw you before, before the Strange Creatures thing was taking off, it was more kind of bluesy. There was lots of bluesy and slower songs, and maybe that's your more natural genre. Mm. I I've, I don't know what my natural genre is. I've, I've played all, just about <laughs> every style. I mean, I, I studied jazz when I was at university, um, uh, and I, play in, I also play in a rock and roll rockabilly band. That's my other main band. Mm. And yeah, I've played a bit of classical and I've played a bit of rock and just about everything. Um, I, I think with that first project, I was only just starting to write my own music and sing and, and be a singer songwriter. Um, I'd always kind of backed up other people as a bass player or as a guitarist. Um, uh, but this was the first time I, I followed my own 
creative route and I was I was still trying to figure it out and it was very guitar based because that's kind of my main instrument so that's part partly how it turned out the way it did but now because I've gotten into music production uh, it's just expanded my palette like I feel like any kind of sound is basically possible so in terms of genre I have absolutely no idea where I'm going to go next I could go anywhere (laughs) That's brilliant. But that's so, exciting. Yeah. yeah, I think I'll 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 stay with the more electronic things for a little while because I'm still getting a hang of sculpting sounds because the way I did it with strange creatures, they're all organic sounds already. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't actually have to do a huge amount to them to create you know, the, the sound was already there. I largely just arranged it and added effects and and all this sort of thing. I, what I'd love to do, be able to do next is get into more synthesizer-based stuff and sound design stuff where you're, well, sculpting the sound from nothing. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I think I'd still keep organic stuff in there because that's naturally what I gravitate to anyway. I mean, one artist that I think does it absolutely wonderfully is Björk. Um, She's always had a beautiful mix between these harsh, uh, glitchy sort of beats and 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 uh, electronic elements, and then she's got her voice, which is incredibly organic. And then she'd add strings and other things to to, to create a balance between the two worlds. Because I feel like if mm-hmm. I went you know, fully electronic music, sometimes I find harder to connect to because it doesn't have that human element to it. So I don't think I'd ever go quite that direction. But somewhere in between, yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah, someone who does it wonderfully is Kimbra as well. I, I really adore her yes, yeah. um, uh, creativity in, in what she does. So it's... No, that's interesting. Yeah, so there's sounds, so many yeah, possibilities. Really, yeah, That's great. So, so basically, since, since you studied and got more into the sound production and manipulating sound, it's just opened your whole world up so you could, mm. you could go any direction, which is, like you said, pretty exciting from an artist's point yeah. of view. And just to... Just to add in a mention of a theremin, because people who don't know your music yet might know that in amongst all the cool stuff you have on stage and your setup and the costumes and everything, you also play theremin. Maybe talk a bit about what, what a theremin is. How long have you been playing? Um, well, a theremin is probably one of the oldest electronic instruments that there is. Um, been around for like 100 years. And they're incredibly simple. There's just two aerials and your proximity to the aerials changes either the the pitch and the volume so you you play with both hands but you don't actually touch the instrument you're just playing the air yeah and you're probably I mean everybody's heard theremin like on the Doctor Who theme you know Mm -hmm. that's theremin um the good vibrations by the Beach Boys that's got theremin at the end um (laughs) It's the sort of thing that ends up getting used on sci-fi movies and things like that as incidental music, and it's quite spooky sounding. And I, I didn't really, I kind of just, I got one for Christmas. I didn't even ask for one. My partner oh. bought me one. I was like, oh, you're going to love this. And, and I looked at it and I was like, I don't even know what this is, but you're going <laughs> to love it. You plug it in and it's like, oh my God, wow, what a cool thing. But it's it's really quite difficult to play well, yeah, to, uh, you know, to, mm-hmm. to actually get specific things because you have no reference you're just playing mm-hmm. air and there mm-hmm. is a proper technique involved where you use particular hand shapes and all that to get the right notes out of the scale I don't know how to do that what I do is I just kind of put loads of effects on it and and I just 
play by ear and I hope for the best. And I, I can probably never really play the same thing twice, but um, because of how expressive it is, you can, I mean, it's in some ways it's easy and in some ways it's incredibly difficult. <laughs> so I'm kind yeah. of playing it as a, as a, you know, in a naive sort of way, but I'm, I'm, it's, um, I love it. It's, it's, it's just, it's so tactile without actually being tactile, if you know what I mean. It's ex incredibly expressive. It just looks so cool live as well. Mm. Yeah. So I just thought, okay, well, uh, because so many of these elements are electronic and I'm just pressing buttons and stuff and it looks like I'm checking my emails if I'm <laughs> doing something on my laptop, you know, it doesn't look yeah. exciting. So it, it just adds that extra little bit of something that I can add in and, and it just makes the performance seem a lot more live, you know. Sure, yeah, it's definitely a thing um, when people haven't seen a theremin before, they're like, wow, what's this called? this cool sound and it looks like some sort of alchemy because you're just like you know you're not touching it you're just waving your hands around mm. so you only got it last Christmas so that's not even oh no 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 I had it I've had it um uh maybe five years oh yeah. okay right right and, <laughs> but and I, self -taught, I, I've never self -taught. yeah I've never had lessons or anything I know I not kind of... assuming yeah because <laughs> I guess that's what most people do you just experiment with it and I guess if you wanted to yeah. you go on YouTube because you know there are YouTube tutorials for everything now. I'm oh sure yes. Probably you can geek out going on websites and YouTube if you wanted to learn some of the, the moves. Yeah. Or otherwise, Absolutely. like you said, you make it up. It's quite cool that you can never play the same thing twice. It's it's like <laughs> it's the true jazz <laughs> jazz yes. vibe there. Yeah. 